Welcome to the Post Sunday Post Sunday Post Sunday Podcast. Providing you with pastor commentary on the previous message and resources for further study. All for the expansion of the gospel and the edification of God's church. We're done. All right, I'm out of here. Oh, my God. George Costanza moment. Oh. <laughs> All right, well, welcome to the Post Sunday Podcast. I am Joel. I'm joined here by Pastor Joey, Pastor Andrew, and Bethany Lee. Thank you guys for being here. Uh, Pastor Andrew spoke this past Sunday on our daily bread, kind of still unpacking the Lord's Prayer. And uh, he actually just told us what is the biggest takeaway. And he says that when we ask for our Daily bread it is to feast on Christ is our our daily need is Christ is that am I saying that correctly? Sure. Correct him for us. Tell me sure. when I'm wrong. I I love that. Sure. No. It, it the idea is when we pray, give us this day our daily bread. What we're asking for is Christ every day hmm. to feast on Christ every day. That He is, He satisfies it, broadens it from just baked good products to everything in our life. So it's more than the Swiss cake rolls. Correct. Mm. Or Twinkies. I never thought I'd ever say that. Anyone else eat those? Nope. Nope. So it's just you, man. We, well, we've been house-sitting for Sean, and so like literally on the list of packed lunches, Swiss cake rolls, I'm like, I haven't eaten those since I was in like high school. That's a part of the, what part they of feed their kids. <laughs> they have to have. I was like, oh, man, I remember yeah. that. <laughs> so they make, you, you make their lunches for them? Uh, technically, Joanna does. She, That's going I can't say yes because she's right going to hear this and go, no, 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 no. I make those. <laughs> mm, so. I make my kids make their own lunch. That's because I have a gazillion yeah. children. Well, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I said that to Josh. I mean, he's a junior in high school, and I was like, can't you make your own lunch? He's like, well, I've never made it. And I'm like, you can start today. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> doesn't have to wait until you go away. But everybody gets a trophy today. So. <laughs> All right, well, on that note, let's move on. Um, so the first Sorry, qu- Josh Brown. <laughs> he doesn't listen to you, so, so you're fine. Um, so the first question is a wonderful question. I guess you could summarize it, summarize it as, like, why even pray? Does that mean the other questions aren't wonderful? They're just terrible questions, okay. yeah, whoever submitted them. No, the question really, yeah, it could be summarized as, like, why even pray? Because here's the question. Do we have to ask for our daily needs because we already know God's going to provide. So really, the question to you guys is, do we have to ask for our needs? Well, I'll even go one further. The Bible says in Matthew that he has the answer to our requests even before we ask them. So why even? So, I mean, even Jesus himself says that. So I think that, I, I think that, that the idea is, what, what's the purpose in praying then? I mean, if it doesn't, if it doesn't do that, I'll open it up to you first, Bethany. I mean, I nice. Ooh, I like how you did that. <laughs> I think that prayer is more for us than it is for God. I think it's it's us admitting that we need Him to provide our daily needs. It's us humbling ourselves before Him, um, acknowledging that He is God and we are not. Mm. I think that prayer um, helps us align our attitudes more than anything. And, and to express our dependence on him, um, it's not really so much about taking him our grocery list of things that we need. Yeah, no, I, I think it's, it's inspirational because God connects with us as much as we connect with God. 
it's uh, I think it's perspiration where we're God says come to me he wants us to seek him with all of our hearts so there's this sense of us pursuing the Lord um, you know and and I'll be found by you and then I think the other thing is information it's not that he doesn't know what's going on he knows what's going on but just as I know what's going on in my children's life my three-year-old son still tells me about his day and downloads it even though I know it revolves around Fireman Sam and, um, you know, those little yogurt things and playing with his brother. But I still like to hear it because it's part of the relationship and the interaction that we have. Inspiration. Perspiration. Perspiration. And, and information. information. Nice. That's nice. True Baptist. He is a true I just, Baptist. I just came. Up, <laughs> I noticed that. Yeah, I just came up with that. Yeah. In in uh, staff retreat, you were giving us when you were doing some of the breakouts and stuff. They were always in threes. Yeah. Like it's the Baptist is just ingrained. It's the way I think. Uh, I think funny. of praying. I kind of equated a bit with tithing. Actually, um, God doesn't need our money, um, but it's good for us that we give our money to the Lord. Um, and so it, it puts our hearts in the right posture. And and so uh, does God need us to pray to him for our daily provisions? Absolutely not. Uh, but it's good for us right. that mm-hmm. we do so um, because it allows us to commune with the God who created us, mm-hmm. to have a relationship, mm-hmm. a real active relationship with the God who created us. And so uh, prayer is, is an invitation from the Lord uh, and that's something that's really for our edification. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And so, I think uh, I think another thing too is when you think about the question, I think something we have to kind of ponder is, okay, are we seeing God? That I think a lot of us do in our culture. Are we seeing God as someone who just we get from? Like, and I think that's often what we do when we ask these kind of questions. Is we're like, why ask? And it's very us-centered. Like, why Why should I even waste my time? I'm not saying that the person said this, but why should I waste my time if God's already going to... Well, that's we're already in the wrong mindset. You know, like you're saying, it's... I mean, we think about the grace that we've been extended, the fact that we can now, like you're saying, commune with the God of the universe, to use Sean's thing. Like, the God of the universe, the God who created everything, is bending his ear. And so at that point, I think our attitude shifts from, well, why would I pray to, why wouldn't I pray? Like, why wouldn't I talk to the God who created me and bent an ear to me and extended grace through his son on the cross? Oh, yeah, of course I'm going to pray to him. It's, um, it's similar to Great Commission. Sean was talking a couple of weeks ago about the, uh, uh, how the Great Commission will be successful. So you could ask the same of the Great Commission. If the Great Commission is going to be successful, why should I do anything? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why, mm-hmm. why do I need to share my faith? And mm-hmm. it's because God's graciously invited us to be a part of what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it, it is relational. Mm-hmm. I've yeah. talked to several people who have said, well, I, I pray and I talk to God, but I never ask for anything for myself. You know, if, 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 as if that's the righteous way to pray. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, because selfless they're not being or, selfish. Yeah. They're going to be selfless. And if I pray for other people all the time, but I never pray for myself and... And to me, it's prayer is communing with God about everything. You know, it's it's everything that I do. It's not, and the focus is God. And so, even when I say, "Well, I'm not going to pray about my needs. I'm focusing on myself. I'm only going to pray about others." Well, that sounds good, but it's not about them either. It really is about God. That's Mm -hmm. what we should be focusing on. All of our dependence on God. Right. Exactly. 
Yeah. Yeah. I was in Mark Thompson's small group um, last night, and we were talking about something similar to this. And the idea of losing hope, we've prayed so much about somebody or something, and the situation hasn't changed. And so why should I continue to keep praying? Because, I mean, there's also the other side of it is God already knows what he's going to do, so why even pray about it? But the other part is I've prayed about it for so long, and God hasn't answered the way that I've wanted him to. Um, do I continue to pray? You know, and there's the idea of persistence. But at the same time, I think prayer is something that God has tangibly given us to do to give us hope, that we're communing with the, the Almighty. And it gives us hope to the fact that the Almighty, who knows, at any moment the Almighty could in, in intercede in that situation with an unsaved family member or with a cancer, a terminal cancer, or who knows what the Almighty will do. And, you know, when the Bible says we have not because we ask not, we, we haven't asked. And not asking with the right motives and all of that, that you know, obviously we, that's another situation. But coming before him humbly and just asking, please, um, I think that there's, there's, there's a relational quality to that. And how privileged are we that um, when Christ died, the temple of the curtain was torn. Right? We don't mm. have to go to a priest in order right. to go to God on our behalf. We have access to him at any moment, in any place. And so what, what an opportunity. So uh, do you guys have anything else to add before we move on to the next question? No, I think uh, nice covered that. All right, so we'll be right back. Uh, guys, enjoy this little announcement real quick. If you're looking to get baptized, there is a baptism class this Sunday, October 22nd. After the third service, from 1230 to 1.30, food and child care will be provided. But please let us know if you need child. And we're back. So I think... Uh, I think feels so, we, so weird. That was like two seconds on our part. <laughs> yeah, on our end. <laughs> but you heard a great announcement. There was two seconds of silence, and then <laughs> and we're back. Everyone just kind of We went away around. for a moment, but now we're like, here. <laughs> All right, cool. Don't forget to drink your Ovaltine. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the announcement? <laughs> it's crummy it's commercial. Some, like, 1940s <laughs> announcement. Ah, see... <laughs> Don't forget lickety split oil. <laughs> all right. So there's I actually think the one question we were gonna do, I think also goes together with the second one. So the first question um that I think we were gonna do was God can do anything, but there are riverbanks. Um, but are there riverbanks on what he will do? And the next question was, if you ask in Jesus' name and don't get it, is John 14, 13 through 14, which is, if you ask anything in my name, you know, God will do it. Is that untrue? I think those kind of go together, because I think, and Joey, you and I were kind of talking about this, and Bethany as well, like, um, you could kind of answer both with the answer to the one of the questions. So I th let's focus on the first one, um, but... I'll read. Uh, actually, we I won't. accidentally answer the second one. It's that, okay, that's what I'm what saying. We're saying. gonna do, basically gonna do. So I just want to let the readers know, not the readers, the listeners know. You're reading this transcribed. All right. So the first question, the question we're gonna go through is: God can do anything, but are there riverbanks on what He will do? I open it to you. It's a fantastic question. Yep. Not that the other one wasn't. The other one was. Uh, what did you call it? Awesome. We said this one's wonderful. This one's wonderful. fantastic. This one's fantastic. Mm. fantastic. Well, God can't lie. So Titus one two. True. The Bible says in, in hope of eternal life, which God promised, who cannot lie, 
you know, that little caveat that the Apostle Paul says that, that eternal life is guaranteed for us. God's character is unchanging. Mm-hmm. Right? So he's the same yesterday, today, forever. There's, there's not going to be a variation in who he is. And can't, he, nothing is, God doesn't, God doesn't evil, God doesn't do evil. Now, he may allow evil, but he does not do evil. Right. Yep. God is going to be true to his character. And so I think about, um, you know, if I go to my mom or my dad and I ask them something when I'm a kid, uh, are they in a good mood today? Because mm. that's going to affect the outcome of the answer, mm. if you will. And um, God is going to stay true to his character. His character is not going to change. And so if I go to him today with a question and I go with the same question a week from now, he's still God. Right. And he's still who he is. And he can't violate who he is. Right. So there are definite, he has put his own riverbank yeah. on what he's going to do. Mm. Well, you, when you look at Christ, Christ limited his omnipresence. He wasn't everywhere at once. Yeah. He, 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 he gave up his omniscience. Mm-hmm. In a way, because he says, no man knows when the, my father's going to return. In his humanity. In his humanity. And um, he limited his glory. I mean, to, to look upon the Lord now is to to be blinded, to, mm. to, to look upon Christ. I mean, John, the Apostle John saw Christ um, in Revelation and saw him in his glory. Mm. And he fell down to his face and trembling. I mean, he, he, he masked that. I mean, Philippians chapter 2. So, I mean, he did... He did it already, right. and so and and I think that the fact that he limited himself in his word and communicated that to us, so we could understand his character. Now, there's attributes I think that we don't know, yeah, that are that he still reserves for himself. I mean, as in Revelation 19, when he, the Bible says that he has a name written that no man knows but he himself. I think there's some things that God reserves for God. We we uh, I heard one. One pastor put it, we can know him truly, but we can't know him comprehensively. Yeah. Mm. And uh, and so and so can God do anything? No. And uh, he, he does what's according to his character, what's right. true to his nature. And so when you get into accidentally asking answering the other question, which is um, if you ask <clears throat> me anything in my name, I will do it. And then we have some unanswered prayer we've been asking. Right. Uh, it could be that we're asking of God something that's contrary to his nature, to his will. Right. And I mean, Isaiah 55, who can know the mind of the Lord? The idea is for my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways for the heavens are high above the earth. So are my thoughts higher than your thoughts and my ways higher than your ways. And then there's this sense that um, even in the midst of all of it, we can't fully grasp. I mean, Job never fully grasped what was going on, and God didn't answer his prayer in explaining why he suffered. Right. It was, you just have to trust me. Right. And I think that that's it's that, it's that sense. And I think, you know, as Paul says, that we know in part, but, you know, we, we, we see in part, but when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part will be done away with in First Corinthians 13. So I think that there's that that sense. Yeah, yeah, and I think um, so. You know, what do we do in the meantime when we're praying? Um, and it seems like you know, like some folks in Mark's small group that may have been praying, and maybe this side of eternity, maybe you're praying for a, a lost one that hasn't mm-hmm. come to know Christ, right? That's a that's a a prayer you should continue to pray. What do you do in the meantime? In addition to that, is you don't see what's happening 
in this person's life because you don't know all the um, workings that the Holy Spirit may be doing with that particular individual. Um, right. Uh, I think Isaiah 26, uh, 3 and 4, um, uh, you, you, he keeps him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed, stayed on you because, because he trusts trust in you. you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It says trust in the Lord, trust in the Lord mm-hmm. God for he's an everlasting rock. And so um, so I think fe- it gets back to bottom line, it is feasting on Christ. Yep. And so it gets to we feast on Christ which centers us um, as we um, seek to pray for the will of God to be done. Yeah. I, think, um, I think one of the coolest parts of your sermon, Andrew, was when you were kind of talking about, and really very vulnerably talking about uh, that night that you had the issue with your daughter, Grace, and you were pleading with the Lord to let you keep your daughter. Um, and you asked the, you posed the question to the congregation, which I think was wonderful because it kind of really put it on, the onus on them was, if God did, if Grace did die that night, would God be any less good? Would God be any less God? And I think that's where the heart of those questions is, is, okay, so is it untrue? Well, I mean, you talk about what Job did with the Lord, what the Lord did with him. He answered Job with declaring who he is. He answered Job with, you you weren't there when I created all of this. And it, it wasn't like, oh, well, here, let me answer this question that you said. Okay, wait, did you say this? It was, no, 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 this is who I am. Remember that. And I think it's what you said on Sunday is God would still be God if you if grace was not with you today, which I was an amazing story to tell. And I think it really hammered home. The truth of it is at the end of the day, Christ is what matters. God is what matters. And God, as you guys have said, said, does not change. Yeah, but that's hard if you're Abraham and God doesn't give you back your Isaac. Mm. That's hard when you lose a child and you've begged God for this child. And so I think it's, it's, it is this. It is that point. Is why did God answer that prayer, but then not answer other people's prayers? It doesn't make me any more special. Mm. It doesn't at that point you just have to you have to rest in the fact that God is sovereign and mm. he he knows what he's doing and he knows what he wants to do and and and, and we have to good. trust in his yeah and we have yeah. to trust in him. It, it really does come back to that point of trusting in him. Mm. I think when we read some of those Old Testament accounts, we have the complete full circle story. Right, and so Abraham waited a long time for Isaac to be born. Right, the Israelites wandered for many years before they entered the Promised Land. Um, mm-hmm. We, we, because we know the beginning, middle, and end of their stories, it's easy for us to say, "Man, look at, look at how God orchestrated that whole thing." There were people that died in the wilderness; they right. didn't make it to Canaan. Right, there, it, it's. Um, I think it's it's profitable for us to think through. Um, there's a lot more waiting involved mm. than we want there to be. Right. Yeah, Isaiah 40 says that at yeah. the end, and and it talks about the idea that God helps those who wait. And if God hasn't helped you, well, you continue to wait. Yeah. That's, wait. that's hard for me being so patient in my life or lack thereof. And I think, too, that God, um, you know, God did respond to Job by saying, this is who I am, mm. you know, not this is why I answered, because the same God who gave you back grace is the same God, unchanging, same character, who didn't give back someone else their child, mm. yeah. you know. And it's not that he was in a good mood one day and a bad mood the right. other, and it's not that you performed better than somebody else. It's just 
it's all about him. Yeah. Right. And yeah. and that's what he, it comes back to. And so prayer makes it makes us focus on him. Yeah. Right. I like that point. I like the he didn't answer Job with the answer Job wanted. He answered Job by reminding him of his character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Well, if you guys don't have anything else, we're gonna take another break and we're gonna go to our book next time. Welcome back <laughs> from the break. So long. We all took a break, got some water, walked around the building a couple of times. We really didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot. You're like Martha yesterday. We were doing the little thing, trying to spin people around. Truth giving- prevails, man. <laughs> Truth prevails. No, no, no. Don't listen to everyone else. This is where we go. All right, Joey, what do you got for us? No, so uh, I asked Pastor Andrew. I mean, he recommended a couple of books, but um, uh, I asked him to kind of recommend help help us recommend um, a book for us that um, is even biographical, maybe in nature of someone who endured because they feasted on Christ. Yeah, I think every Christian ought to read Tortured for Christ. Go to um, voiceofthemartyr.org. And they, I think they give you a free copy, and it's Richard wow. Wormbrandt's um, Tortured for Christ. It's about 114 pages, and it's you can read fantastic. read that in the afternoon. It, in fact, when I picked it up the first time when I was in uh, middle school, um, I read it cover to cover without putting it down. I mean, mm. it was that compelling. Um, I think, obviously, Johnny Erickson taught his book, Johnny. Um, That's a great book. The Hiding Place by Corey Tim Boone and what she writes, and it's kind of the journey of her not only losing and and having these unanswered prayers, but then also being reunited face to face with the German soldier that was involved in the uh, extermination of her sister, mm. and how she forgave him, and her actually going to communist Russia, um, canceling certain events, and then her witnessing to the people that were listening in on her in her hotel room. And there's just some incredible things that she's, that she's written. Mm. Um, well, and if you don't mind me adding one too. Yeah, just before, please. Earlier, um, if you're a fiction reader, Randy Alcorn has done a great fictional book called Safely Home, uh, which is a picture of the church in China and uh, the underground church in China and how prayer, you know, just their daily needs being met. But... Um, I had a privilege of meeting with one of the leaders of the Chinese underground church. And um, Randy's book is very close to reality, even though it's fiction. And so if you're into fiction, that might be one. He has a good masterful way of writing fiction that that helps pull out reality. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think there's two two other books. I also uh, mentioned John Perkins. Um, He wrote a book um, on justice and the gospel. Um, that was written in uh, around seven, 1976, and it still rings true today. And um, another book, I think, that kind of works towards our sanctification in, in that would be um, the same kind of different as me. In fact, there's a movie coming out. They, they made that into a movie, which is the story of a man who develops a relationship with a homeless man, very wealthy man with a homeless man and kind of his spiritual journey mm. of understanding and having his his view of God be expanded um, in his prayer life. Mm. 
So the two main books, though. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure everyone heard all, those, all the other ones, but uh, so Tortured for Christ by Richard Wormbrandt, and then Safely Home by Randy Alcorn. Randy Alcorn. Mm-hmm. Also, guys, if you uh, forgot, just send your questions to sermonquestions at gocoastal.org. Uh, please do that. We love getting your questions in, and we love. Um, letting you guys feel heard. We we really appreciate you guys in responding to the messages, and uh, we hope that this continues to bless you guys. But without further ado, let's uh, let's get out of here. Yeah.